two, one. Welcome in Husker Extra podcast. It is Wednesday early evening. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. You will undoubtedly listen to this uh, in a tripto haze after eating turkey on Thursday. <laughs> We record it in the haze, so that's fine. Yeah, we're, uh, we're recording the haze every week. Uh, despite that, we have a great sponsor, Tom Dinsdale Hyundai of Grand Island. Uh, we appreciate <laughs> we appreciate the sponsorship and all the support. Uh, the holiday season's here. Look at Baz, for all of you watching the video, Baz got his Husker Extra podcast quarter zip on, and you know why that is. That's because he was just at Pinnacle Bank Arena covering a 102 102- the 55 season opening win for the men's basketball team, regular season hoops football obviously is at Iowa on Friday. By the time you listen to this podcast, basically Nebraska hoops will have played either one or two more times. Uh, yeah. So right into it on that front. Where, should we just, you want to start? Look at Bass. <laughs> Look at Bass. Should, should we just start with hoops since, since you just literally came from the arena, Chris? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's talk do some it. hoops. Uh, All right. Let me ask you a question. Go. What, how did you, how did this team look compared to how it looked against UC Irvine a year ago? Well, it was UC Riverside, first of all. Um, <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever. One of those UC schools, the University of Cincinnati, Irvine. So I got the yeah. name of the school wrong. Okay. Yeah. It's a minor detail. No. Well, yeah. I will say this. Um, Nebraska made a layup with about two minutes left in the half to give them 48 points today. And they scored 47 points the whole game last year so I think that tells you all you need to know they looked a lot better now I'm not saying this is like a sweet 16 team or anything like that but they look like a division one basketball team they they have length they have athleticism they have depth even though the depth took a little bit of a hit today and we'll talk about that too but this looked like a team that that Fred Hoiberg has been talking up for for the last few weeks he's talked consistently about how he likes this team he likes the way they compete he likes their effort and practice and you saw that today they created their own energy right from the jump they didn't really scuffle and screw around with this team they got a lead early and they just they just kept pouring it on and you know look who knows how the rest of the season is going to go but anytime you win 102 55 to start your year you're doing something right Absolutely. And Banton, sounds like Banton sort of led the way. Delano Banton, who I would say, was he a 6'6 guard? Uh, he's a 6'9 guard. Um, and hello, yeah. hello, yeah. hello. His legs, his legs are 6'6. Six, six. Yeah, his legs. So, six, yeah, so far, so good for me. 6'9 um, <laughs> guard. Go ahead. He'll play Creighton for a couple weeks still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's a, <laughs> wow. Wow. There it is. Listen to our very son. Aggressive. Very aggressive. Very aggressive. Very aggressive. No, he's legit. And you kind of wondered about it because we heard, we've heard, again, we've heard Fred Hoiberg talk so much about him and what kind of playmaker he is. And, of course, we haven't been able to, to watch him in practice. And he hasn't played for, you know, a year now. But 14 points, six assists, six, six rebounds, uh, four block shots, three steals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pretty good. Did a little bit of everything. Found uh, – Found Trey McGowan's on a pretty lob play in the first half. Threw a pretty skip pass to McGowan's for a three-pointer in the corner on one play. He just – he does that stuff, and it looks easy to him. You know, he can he can get from the three-point line to the rim in about two steps. He's just – he's – boom, he's there, you know. And it's – the outside shot needs a little work, yes. But, boy, he's – he's interesting to watch. He's as interesting a player as there's going to be in the Big Ten this year, I think. And 
it, he just he allows them to do so much. He guarded McNeese State's four-man today because Nebraska's a little outsized. And then he played point. He, he jumped center for Nebraska's Nebraska's point guard, if, if that tells you anything. So, yeah, he's it's a it's a team of of interesting players, I think. And and Delano's the most interesting of the bunch. Uh, if he starts to shoot it from the outside a little bit, he's going to be a really tough guard. And you know, we were at one point we were joking. He's going to have a double-double and finish with, like, one point because he had, like, one point, five assists, and five rebounds at one point. You know, he's just so good at getting other guys involved and doing all the other little things. So, yeah, su- super interesting super interesting guy to watch. There's a, there's a bunch of players that we can talk about because um, I watched, I don't know, the first half a little more, and I was working on football stuff too. But um, the thing about Banton, and you sort of mentioned it, Chris, there was a stretch in the first half. I don't remember if it was the lob pass or the skip to both McGowan's where he did that. And then he guarded the post on the other end and he got, you know, got backed him down a little bit, but shot over him, missed him. Then, and then Delano went up and rebounded it over him. Yeah. And I just thought like, okay, he just let a break, got to the rim, distributed the ball for an assist, came back down, guarded the post and rebounded it over a six, nine guy. I mean, that's, you know, you, I'm not saying sitting here and saying he's going to guard Luca Garza or anything like that when Big Ten player rolls around, but he's a really, like you say, he's a unique player. For, and, and, and he's fun to watch. I mean, that the way that he he covers a lot of ground and he doesn't like – you don't look at him and say like, wow, he's explosive, but he's just so long that yeah, he's one step and, and it doesn't wow you, but then he's by a guy. And you're like, it's, oh. It was – like the first couple of times he got to the rim, we're like, whoa, like, he, like he's at the rim already. Like, and he, it was like one dribble past a guy at the, at the arc and he was there yeah. and he, you know, he's collapsing the defense and kicking out. Like he's just a, he's just a really cool player to watch. I like that. Uh, simple, simple. You're, you're, you may have had a rough couple minutes there and breaking down basketball. But one thing that you've said consistently is, is that, I mean, you said that you thought maybe Lat my would be, you know, could, could contend as Nebraska's best player. And he came out and he hit what, two threes on what, like the first four possessions or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Hit three threes in a row to start the, well, not to start the game, but the first three times he shot it, he made it. And it was three pointers. And I mean, looked easy for him, you know, and he was wide open and it was like, for, again, like Fred Hoiberg said, he let it go and, and you knew it was going in. Like it never looked offline. It looked comfortable. And that's another one of those interesting guys, you know, a six, nine guy, but, you know, shoots threes, can rebound, can guard a few different positions. Like it's, it, they've got like three or four guys like that. I'd put Shamil Stevenson in that group too, you know, that can kind of do just an interesting looking guy. I'd put, I'd put uh, Trey McGowan's in that group. You know, he kind of, Trey kind of plays like a guy that's one of those like really short, like 5'11, really pesky guards, except he's like 6'5 and muscular and explosive. Like they just, there's so many interesting guys on this team. And, Again, the competition level was what it was. You know, um, McNeese may or may not be great this year, but guess what? Nebraska wasn't very good last year. And, and this, this team, it was, it was just really interesting to watch. I mean, even when they struggled to shoot the ball in the second half, they just they forced a ton of turnovers, got a bunch of runouts, got layups, and just kept extending the lead. And, like, there's, that was one big difference, I think, between this year's team and last year's. They just have so many guys – like if there's a lull, there's so many guys they can go to that can get them going on offense. Do they have dogs? I mean, do they have? Can you see guys that will compete? I've heard yeah. now. I've heard that Mayan is that. I've heard that McGowan is that. That those guys just get after you. And, yeah, and that, Mayan is it, that. Yeah, yeah 
Trey McGowan's is that. Um, I think Teddy Allen is that, especially on the offensive yeah. end. You know, yeah. I think um, I think in a way, you know, Ivan Drogo is kind of that, even as a yes. young guy. He's probably their most physical Baz, guy. I think you're right. I think you're right. You know, they 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 have a bunch of guys like that, and it's it's, it's super interesting. Now, again, it was easy for them today. When, when they're down, you know, eight to Michigan State in the second half or whatever, is it going to be the same way? But yeah, they've just got they've got guys that are tough and, and they're tough physically and they're tough mentally too. So yeah, and, and Trey McGowan's is the ringleader of that. He's just such he's such a nasty dude on defense. Like yeah. he locked he locked his guy up all day and, and just made it so hard. You know, I, I should mention too, Thor's in that group too. Thor's a dog too. That guy competes hard, as hard as anybody. But yeah, Trey McGowan's is a guy that just on defense, he's gonna be the leader of that group at the top of that defense. He's a physical guard who gets up and, and, and is in guys' faces. He creates turnovers. I think he had three steals today. You know, and Nebraska forced 27 turnovers, 24 turnovers. So, you know, just an insane number for a, for a Division One men's basketball game. And a lot of that was because of, of those guys and the way they, can, they competed on the defensive end. A lot of it started with Trey and, it, and just bled down to those other guys, Teddy, Latt, you know, Kobe Webster, Thor, all those guys – I think have some of that in him. And, it, and I think it takes a guy like Trey to really kind of unlock that for the rest of the team. Bass, you said something critical. You just said something so important. Who, what is it? Who is it? Who are the guys that are reliable when they get down eight on the road to a good big 10 team? Cause it's going to happen a lot. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's kind of the big question. I think, you know, is it, is it Teddy? You know, I think Teddy showed today, he can score it with anybody, you know, and he, he, he was kind of the guy in the second half. Nebraska was kind of sloppy early on. And all of a sudden Teddy got cooking a little bit, you know, got in the lane and made a tough shot, you know, spun around a guy, made a shot, hit a three, you know, and just kind of bridge that gap, you know? So I think he's one of those yeah. guys. I think Shamil Stevens is one of those guys that can go get you a tough bucket, you know, can take contact in the lane and finish yep. and hit a free throw. I think I think Trey McGowan's again is that guy. He had a he had he kind of had the highlight plays, yes, but he also had a couple plays where he went in the lane and, and took a hit and finished over a guy, or at least got to the line. So I think you look at those three to kind of start, and then you've got a guy like uh, Delano Banton who can who can distribute to him, and, and you've got a pretty good place to start. Now we'll again we'll see when when they're picking on guys their own size, but you've at least got some options when when they need a guy to go to if they need a bucket. Yeah, one of the things. So so I thought. 102 points, obviously, that's all – that's great. And 43 points off turnovers is a huge number and all that. The thing that I thought was so interesting after the game in listening to Fred talk and uh, a couple of the players talk is a, a couple things. Fred talking about how much fun he's had already coaching this team. And then also the thing that jumped out to me was when he said that he thought their communication on the floor I – mean, he called it phenomenal right from the start – and that's the sort of thing that when you've got a new group, no matter how long they've been playing together this offseason in the gym, you just don't – you never know how that gelling process is going to work. But between Fred talking about how well they communicate and how together they play, and then I don't remember if it was uh, Shamil or um, Webster talking after the game about how much they all like each other and get along and how easy it is to play with this particular group. I just think like – that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be good, but it gives them a chance because if you don't have that stuff, 
then it's not going to work no matter how talented you are. But it doesn't really seem like togetherness is going to be an issue with this group, which is sort of amazing given how much of a total revamp the roster is. Yeah, it's it's interesting because what were the major problems with with the group last year? They 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 fractured apart when things got tough. You know, they 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 had guys that were missing the bus and getting suspended and, and all this other crap and I don't think they have that this year. You know, there's there's no guys like that on this team. It's just a bunch of guys that like to play ball. And and Teddy Allen said the other day, he said I'm a hooper and I like to hoop. You know, yeah. and, and you kind of laugh yeah. at that, but that's I'm not laughing. The, yeah, I mean, that's how all those guys are, I think. You know, and it's it's a group of guys that has a sim, have similar mindsets. You know, I think now obviously all of them want to want to do well and, and try and get to the next level and things like that. But I think it's a group of guys that bought in. And, and I think that's maybe the biggest difference between this year and last year, especially earlier, is that this these guys are bought in to what to what Fred's selling them about team basketball and and playing for each other and, and just understanding the game at a high level, it, it's, it's night and day, I think in that area between this year and last year. And you, you have the two, the two guys you have that were holdovers from last year fit into that too. You know, I think Thor's a, a great team player. I think Ivan's a great team player. And it's just, it's, it's was almost, you get why Fred said that. Cause it was refreshing to watch. Like the feeling I got watching them was just a different feeling than I had last year, watching that team last year, because you could tell, that they really enjoy playing basketball. Uh, they enjoy playing with each other. And and maybe it was the atmosphere in the gym with no fans in there or anything like that. But those guys are happy for each other. And, and you could see it in huddles when they're, you know, they're, you know, Kobe Webster's punching Trey McGowan's in the arm after he jams it over two dudes and going, dude, that was pretty sweet. You know, like you just didn't see stuff like that last year. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, again, like you said, Parker, who knows what that means when it gets tough, but that's a pretty good place to start when you've got a guy, a group of guys like that that are, they're fun to watch and you can tell that they enjoy being around each other. Sometimes it's not easy to tell that, but you can tell that with these guys. You didn't see dunks last year. Now you also <laughs> you said, said something else important, Baz. Well, let's see now what they look like when they, when they play someone their own size, when they have to pick on somebody their own size. Now you watch Nevada, right? Did yeah. Watch- uh, Nevada played North Dakota. What do you think of Nevada? Steve Alford's team. Yeah, Steve Alford. Yeah, I mean they're okay. They're not great. What they have that McNeese didn't was a bunch was more athletes. They're going to be longer. Uh, they're going to be stronger. You know, I think they're going to be better defensively. They held North Dakota State to forty eight points. You know, I, I don't think Nevada played great, and beat a beat a North Dakota State team that's traditionally pretty good. No, never they never trailed in that game. You know, so what is it, it's going to be a much tougher test for Nebraska tomorrow. Nebraska's not scoring 102 tomorrow. You know, they're not going to be at 25 points tomorrow. I don't think it's going to be hard. And I think it's going to be hard in the second half, you know, and that's it's kind of the, it's kind of the logical next step. You know, you, you had a night, everybody had fun. We got this first game out of the way. It was a blowout, got some highlights. Now let's see what we got. We got a game under our belt. We're playing two days in a row and we're playing a tough team with a good coach. That's not going to back down from us. So yeah, it's it's going to be a real interesting litmus test, I think, for that team, you know, on the short rest, on a short prep to see how they handle that against a team that that maybe that maybe can't match them athletically for a whole game, but can give them a better fight than than a McNeese State did and, and present some issues that McNeese State couldn't present to them. Bassy, what what time? That's a noon game on what channel? That's a 1 p.m. game on BTN. Um 
all three games this weekend on BTN. Actually. 1 p.m. 1, 1 p.m. BTN. So get your turkey in. Uh, okay. Be in front of the TV by 12.55. Tune it in for a little Nebraska-Nevada basketball. I will, Baz. I will. And you'll just show up the crate in a couple weeks. It'll be fine. I'll text you riding tips and hoops Thank tips. You. I would, I would like both. Thank you. Send me pictures of your cranberry sauce uh, <laughs> while, I'm, while I'm at the arena drinking a bottled water. <laughs> yes, well, so that, that's, a, that's a nice segue. What was the experience like? It was really striking to see it on TV with the bleachers uh, pushed up or the seats pushed up and so much actual floor space. But what was it like covering hoops in an empty gym? Yeah, it was it was peculiar, I would say. It was bizarre. You know, it's kind of weird to say that we've kind of gotten used to that at this point with the way with what we've seen at football games. But, you know, you think of PBA and you think of that place is usually packed. You know, it's loud. And it wasn't that it was it was quiet. And like you said, that entire lower bowl of bleachers was pushed in. The TV Why did they team- push those in? Hold on a second. Why did they push those in, Maz? Well, so they could spread the benches out. Um, the team benches were really – they kind of looked like they looked in the NBA bubble, you know, okay. with the chairs okay. all spread out. Um, on the opposite side, you know, the TV table was pushed back probably 20, 25 feet from the court. It wasn't right up next to the court. Um, Kemp Pavelka, Jake Mulehuysen called the game remotely. They weren't even there. Um, oh, is that right? Is that right? So, yeah. And, huh. yeah, so it was just – and it was just quiet. It was funny because Nebraska came out, you know, a couple minutes before – opening lineup before they did the starting lineups and and teddy allen turns to the crowd kind of does one of the turns to the crowd turns to the chairs and does one of these and it's like waving his hands and like the guys the guys understood it and it was it was pretty funny but yeah it was it was weird there was a they had a dj in there playing music and they had you know artificial crowd noise going but yeah it was it was bizarre because you'd get to a tv <laughs> timeout and that crowd noise would turn off and you go man it's really quiet in and so, it, yeah, there was uniforms and there was a TV crew and there was referees and all that. But in a way, it almost felt like a like a scrimmage, like an AAU game a little bit. Because there was I mean, there was just nobody in there. It was it was bizarre. Where did um, you cover it from? Where, where, where did you sit? I sat in my normal spot up in the media wedge there. Um, they had us. They have everybody sitting six feet apart. You know, there's maybe 10 or so of us there today. We did post game zoom uh, sitting right there and how they Fred and the players back underneath in the tunnels. So yeah, we just sat in our normal spot. But were Kubler and Sean Morris, they, were they on site? It looked they like. were on site. Yeah. Kubler yeah. and Sean Morris were both on site. And of course he had a camera crew there and everything, but again, cameras were really spread out. Kubler and Sean Morris wearing masks and everything. So yeah, it was, I'm interested to see how it looks going along because it, it's, it was really, really, strange and, and you know at least in football games there's there's some parents uh, in the stands and whatnot there was not that for the nebraska game there was nobody there but team personnel and media and that was pretty much it and guys you know carrying those misters and going around like mist in chairs at halftime and after the game so yeah it was it was a it was a unique experience to say the least interesting basket hey that's an excellent report a couple of a uh, couple of roster considerations before we move to football, Baz. Yeah, a couple couple house cleaning things. These both uh, came out um, earlier today. Uh, Derek Walker uh, suspended for 16 games for a uh, a rules violation um, while he was at the uh, University of Tennessee. Um, um, no, really, other no details really other than that. Um, other than the suspension, 
uh, is based on what would be a normal season, which is 31 games. So um, they made it 16. Well, guess what? Nebraska's not playing 31 games this year. They're playing 27. Yeah, you might so, miss the whole year this year, 16 games. Yeah, that, that, that's it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and I thought Derek's statement and Fred Hoiberg's statement um, earlier today kind of kind of showed the disappointment Nebraska has with that. Um, they, they expected the suspension to, to be short, and it still could be. Um, it sounds like there's a there's a meeting with the NCAA December 9th to kind of decide what that'll end up being. I don't think Nebraska is very optimistic that it'll get shortened, but yeah, that, that, and that's a guy they could use too. We talked about needing some size and some interior defense. That's a guy that really would have helped them, I think, off the bench. So that's a guy that hurts. And then, um, yeah, it was, it came out today that uh, Eduardo Andre, the six foot 10 freshman, uh, tested positive for the virus. He was the only Nebraska player not on the bench today. And Nebraska put out a, a statement after the game saying they had a student athlete uh, that, uh, tested that had to miss the game because of testing protocols. So you kind of deduce what that means, even though there wasn't a, wasn't a name in the news release. So yeah, we'll see. It's the kind of the same protocols that, um, you have for football, uh, players got to miss 21 days. Um, we don't know when the positive test occurred, so it's going to be, you know, at least a couple of weeks, I would assume before Eduardo's back on the court. So yeah, they're, they're Nebraska's a, a little, a hair light on depth right now and a hair light on depth at the same position with two guys that, that could help them uh, on the defensive interior. Okay. Great work by the NCAA promoting amateurism there. I mean that Derek Walker has a suspension from his time at Tennessee. So he transfers. So he's got to sit out an entire year and then serve a half a season suspension after that. I mean, yeah, he left uh, Tennessee's program 18 months ago and yeah. now he's got to sit out for 16 games. I mean, it's just, like, I understand there's rules and you got to follow them. Like, that's that's all well and good, but that's ridiculous. And then to yeah, not adjust it for the length of the season. I mean, come on. Like, the guy's not going to play for more than two years. I mean, that, yeah, it's, it's just not fair in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's great. And it's it's a, it's a different situation, but you can kind of look at Shamil Stevenson, too, kind of the same thing. Coach left, he transferred. That coach left, he transferred again. And the NCAA said, sorry, you're going to sit out two years, basically. Uh, yeah. And Shmiel basically lost two years. So it's just, yeah, it, you, you, like you said, you got to follow the rules and, and, and what happened happened. And, and there's got to be consequences. But at the same time, are we really going to make this guy sit out 18 months because of what happened in March of 2019? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's an unfortunate situation for, for Derek, certainly, and, and for Nebraska as a, as a team as they kind of try to kind of piece it together without him. Sorry okay, Parker. No, you're fine, Parker. You're you're sort of aggressive sometimes, but you're fine. <laughs> Should we talk some football? Yeah, we like aggression. Yeah. We like aggression. Yeah, there's a, there's a football game Friday, huh? We should probably talk yeah. about that. Yeah, this is not only a basketball podcast. Um, yeah, How Nebraska. <laughs> Nebraska's uh, at Iowa Black Friday, um, trying to bounce back from what was a very ugly. 41 to 23 loss on Saturday. Um, what do you want? What do you want to do? Baz, you want to go right into the hot topic? I think we just go right into it. Cause I think it's a good way to kind of start the discussion about this, right? Like, um, and that, this will be our Hesker extra topic. Does, does what happened last week against Illinois, does Nebraska's result against Illinois did that or does that change the way that you kind of feel about Nebraska's, you know, chances going against Iowa? Yeah, it absolutely does. It, I mean, it, that's I, I can't emphasize enough how much it does in my mind. 
because of what Illinois did on the ground, mainly, first of all, Illinois with two 100-yard rushers from the running back position. Um, they ran the ball. I mean, they, they made it look easy a, a lot of the time. That was the most disconcerting thing about the whole afternoon. I think if you're a Nebraska fan, a close loss would have been bad enough. Um, getting, you know, Illinois was in control of that game pretty much from the start. Yeah. That's the issue. And I thought, so I think it starts there, but it also extends to Nebraska's offense, which I think, you know, how do I say this politely? That's a line Parker used on me once. How do I say this politely? (laughs) Um, They're in disarray. I mean, I think the offense right now is in a fair amount of disarray and they're going to play a defense. Um, I got one paragraph left. They're going to play a defense. That's good. Uh, It's a, it's, it's one of the, it's one of the top five defenses in the big 10. It's a very good front seven with two guys in the heart of the defense, Golston and Davion. Is it Nixon Parker? Davion Davion Nixon. Yep. Both those guys are capable of wreaking a lot of havoc. And, you know, Nebraska hasn't been that good up front. So I think it's a really, really rough test for Nebraska. That was a long paragraph. It was. Well, I do write long. Um, you do. So, yeah. 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 Okay. You're just look, you're just loquacious. That's all. Yes. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Pete. Um, yeah. So I agree. I mean, it's, it can't, it would be virtually impossible for that loss against Illinois to not impact what you think about the Iowa game to some degree. And I also, I mean, the, the biggest, the biggest question mark in my mind is running the ball and stopping the run. But, but actually for that reason, I actually, when I think about it critically, I actually have, I wonder more about the Iowa game just because of the matchup that Iowa presents Nebraska itself and less because of how Nebraska looked against Illinois. So in a way, my answer is actually no, not really. Nebraska looked bad against Illinois and they did some things fundamentally wrong that they can't afford to do against Iowa. But even if those things are corrected, it still doesn't seem like a good matchup on paper to me. And that's because of, that's because of what Sipple said about uh, Iowa's defensive prowess, especially up front. I mean, Davion Nixon, uh, Vandenberg, and um, Golston. Golston are the, all three of them are in the top five in the Big Ten in tackles for loss this year, in the Big Ten. So it's a disruptive group as it is. They're averaging 2.64 yards per carry allowed, um, best in the Big Ten by a long shot. And then on the flip side, you know, they've run it right at Nebraska over the course of the five game winning streak that Iowa has in this series, they're averaging 6.2 yards per carry over those five games. They're averaging 244 yards a game uh, over the course of the winning streak. And those things would be the concern regardless of what Nebraska would have done against Illinois. Of course, if Nebraska would have allowed held Illinois to 80 yards rushing and won 38 to 10. Yeah. Yeah. You'd think about it a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, but to me, like, I think, I tend to think, and I, I don't know this for sure. We'll find out. But I, I think I told this to Sipple and, and Jake on the radio this morning. I don't 
there's been a lot of talk this week about the roller coaster, the Nebraska football roller coaster. I don't really think there's been one. I mean, I think they played with a pretty consistent energy level for three weeks uh, around the cancellation, and then it cratered for whatever reason against Illinois. I think they'll bounce back in that regard. I still don't think they're a great matchup for Iowa. Baz? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if it really did change my opinion. Um, Nebraska, Iowa's run all over Nebraska both years they played uh, under Scott Frost. Just because Illinois did it, that, that you know, that all that does is really reinforce me that Iowa's probably going to do it again, too. And, and even if Nebraska, like you guys said, if Nebraska would have won that game, 38 to 10 and, and held Illinois to 80 yards rushing. So what, you know, how does that affect what they're going to do against Iowa? Because you go back and look at those Iowa games and both years, Iowa really struggled to, to kind of consistently run the ball and they got to Nebraska and it was like, they'd been doing it great all year. You know, it, it's not a good matchup for Nebraska. And it's, again, it's all the things you guys have said, the disruptive defensive front, Nebraska is a, a disaster on offense right now. You know, it's, I don't know that it does change the way I think about that game. You know, I, I said a couple of weeks ago when we were doing predictions that you, I couldn't really pick Nebraska to win until they won a game. Well, they beat Penn State, so great. But guess what? They turned right around and, and did what they did against Illinois. So why should there be any belief or any change in my thought as to what's going to happen against Iowa based on what may or may not have happened against Illinois? So – Nebraska is going to have to play, obviously, their best game of the year if they want to win. They, they have kept it close against Iowa uh, both times they played them under Scott Frost. I just don't – I don't see that happening right now. I, I just don't think Nebraska's in a spot where they're ready to compete with that team, which is kind of scary to say when, when, we're, in, when we're in year three of, of Scott Frost. Well, that was a little rough. Uh, all three <laughs> – <laughs> that was a little rough. Is there any way we can make this more pleasant? Well, probably well, not. Should we do some predictions? Uh, <laughs> well, we could steer it real quick to the quarterback situation. Let's do that. Uh, is there anyone among us who doesn't think the starter will be Adrian Martinez? Raise your hand. People listening have no idea if any of us raised None our hands. None of us raised our hands if you're not watching the video on this. <laughs> Okay, my bad. No, no, but but just so we can tell the listeners, nobody raised their hand. Nobody think, raised their hand. I think you might see the 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 package we saw in the Ohio State game, where both guys are on the field at the same time. I mean, they got to find us. They got to find a spark on offense. They have to. And yet, yes, it was the first series against Ohio State, and yes, it was. It didn't appear after the, that first half, but. Nebraska had something there and they had two of their best players on the field there. And again, if you're, if you're light at running back, if Dedrick Mills is out again, if your receivers are struggling, if your passing game looks like it has the past few weeks, why would you not put both those guys on the field at the same time? You got to find a spark. So yeah, I think Adrian starts. I think we see more of the Luke uh, Adrian package uh, in this game. Parker, what did Frosty have to say today? Yeah. Well, he, he mentioned Dedrick Mills. Um, said it's going to be close. Mills has done some practicing this week, so that's a good sign. Um, that gives him a chance to play, obviously. But he did say that he thought they're hoping he'd play, and they thought it, it would be close. Uh, Mills um, was hurt, I think, on the first series against Penn State. He didn't play after that, and then he didn't play last week against Illinois. So that's an important component. I mean, Nebraska sort of really ground out 180 rushing yards last year in this game. And they only got like 3.3 per carry. And it was largely because Dedrick Mills had 
uh, 84 yards on 24 carries or 94 yards on 24 carries or something like that. So he's obviously a critical component to the offense. Frost made it sound like, and I didn't know, I didn't know going through the week um, where they'd come down on this, but Frost made it sound like Cam Jurgens is going to be back in there at center um, on Friday. Uh, Jurgens was dealing with a, some sort of foot injury, um, which he's, he's had several, don't know if it's related or if it's something new or what, but He's dealing with that, and Frost sort of attributed that, at least in part, to why a couple of snaps got away from him last week against Illinois. And he came out at halftime. Matt Farniak went in. Um, Frost only said today that they don't want Farniak to have to pl- practice all week at one spot, then move to another spot during the game, which would indicate that he's playing guard um, during practice this week. And he also said Cam's looked great in practice. So obviously. Jurgens has found a way to make a go of it this week in practice. So that's something to watch because uh, it's going to be, it's going to be uh, Nixon and Golston in there inside, you know, right on him or, or near him. And they're, that's two really disruptive players. So uh, if he can go, if Jurgens can go and play well and play the way he played against Ohio state and down the stretch last year, um, that would be a big boost to, to Nebraska and its efforts to try to try to run the ball. I think the, I think Baz, you're right about the quarterback situation. I just don't – my like, Sipple, do you remember a couple of years ago, Adrian Martinez, I think it was during his freshman year, at one point he said, if they need me to run the ball 40 times in a game, I'll do it. And he got hurt, and he's been hurt each of the past two years at different times. But I just sort of wonder if – like, if you're going to Iowa City and you're going in there with the mindset of we're just going to find any way, anyhow, to scratch out a win in this game, like, don't you think it's – wouldn't you – at this point, would you do something besides lean really heavily on the quarterback run game? Gosh, Parker. I mean, I, how much the, the one of the main concerns, I, I hear what you're saying. And the answer is probably yes. But having said that, one of my biggest criticisms of Frost is he leans too hard on his quarterbacks. Well, I know. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they not just from a run game standpoint, they're asked to do a lot beside that. You know, it'd be nice to get those guys a little help, like a little help in the form. Is it too much to ask for Nebraska to have a guy you can hand the ball to 20 times and get you 100 yards? Why does that seem like this some pie in the sky notion all of a sudden? I don't, a running I don't, back that can average five yards a carry? That can't happen. Come on. Why? It happens all over America. I know. I, I hear what you're saying. But I hear what you're saying. What, and why, and why isn't there a six foot four receiver on the outside that can catch seven balls a game? Is it what? Why are these things so? Like it almost seems like Nebraska fans would say, "Oh, come on, Sip." I mean, that's a lot to. Ha- no, it's not a lot. No, it's ask. not. No, it's not a lot to ask. I mean, you turn on. We were talking about that. Like we watch. I think all of us watch at least some of Buffalo over the past couple of weeks, and oh. those running backs are amazing. They're yeah. like the Buffalo Bills compared to Nebraska right now. I mean, <laughs> and then, and then, and you see, just see, you see wide receiver play every week where you're like, oh, Nebraska doesn't oh. have guys that are playing like that. You know, oh, you can actually have three good receivers. Wow. Interesting. I know. Well, and, and I think that that, I actually think that the, for as bad as the passing game was last week, and it was bad uh, against Illinois, like I thought the receivers did some good things. Um, you know, you saw um, Oliver Martin 
get open a couple of times. You saw Levi Falk. I mean, Levi Falk was open on that ball that, that McCaffrey threw inside and got intercepted. Wando Robinson was open in the cover two hole on a ball on the first drive that McCaffrey threw out of bounds. And he was open on another one up the seam that was too high for him. Wando would probably say that he should have caught that one. He had his hands on it, um, but he was up, up in the air. I mean, they, they have, they've have opportunities simple to make plays in the passing game. And it's been a myriad of things. I mean, I thought more than we've seen this year, the quarterbacks miss receivers last week against Illinois, but then they also they cannot give up fast pressure. I mean, you get yourself in too predictable a situation. You're in third and nine. It's really hard to protect because everybody knows what you're going to do. You know, you got to be in a position to take shots on second and three or, you know, third and one. And in order to do that, you either have to be able to get six or seven yards running the ball on first down, or you just got to complete an underneath pass and get yourself in a favorable down and distance. And we have just haven't seen Nebraska do that consistently this year. Yeah, you're right. And I'm sorry about the ramp, but I'm not sorry, really. I mean, I, I, I think there's this, this expectation level that's sort of dipped. And I, I, I'm adamant that that quarterback position needs help. It's 100%. hard for me. It's hard for me to pin a lot of the problems on the quarterback when they don't, there's just not much help for them, including, including from the, the line, right? The offensive line's not exactly helping them. No, they, no. So, I hear you. So it ends up, it ends up being all about the quarterback, right? Right. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, a, listen, I think he's got a problem. It's probably something I need to write. Yeah. I, I, it ends up being all about the quarterback. I'm just saying on Friday, if, if they haven't magically solved the receiver problem over the last five days, or if they haven't, if they're not magically turned into five maulers on the offensive line in the last five days, then is the path to trying to win this game on this particular day? Play two quarterbacks. quarterbacks maybe you start playing three. I mean, if, <laughs> if you're, if you're, if you're going to lean on them that hard, maybe, maybe try to whip three into there, in there. I don't Maybe four. Let's get four out there. <laughs> Put them all out there. <laughs> Put them all out there. Matt Mather, you got five, you know, five skill position players. Go. You got five quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, we laugh, but, I mean, they got to do something, right? Like, it's – it's Get some pressure off that guy, Bass. Yeah, it's – and we talked about we're being harsh. It's a joke the way they played on offense uh, this year. You know, they how do you – like you said, Chip, like how do they not have one guy that can average five yards a carry? You know, like yeah, – Why is that inconceivable? Is, I mean – why is this so hard? You turn on a Mac game and there's three wide receivers that are better than that are playing better than anybody Nebraska's got going right now. And that's a Mac game and Nebraska's playing big 10 teams. So yeah, it's, it, I just, I don't understand why it's so hard for Nebraska to do these things. And if they don't find those things, like Parker said, if you don't have a magically have those things fixed for this game this week, then you probably are going to have to do something outlandish. And if that means you're playing both quarterbacks a lot, then that's what that means. Now, does that mean you do that for the rest of the year? No, maybe. I don't know. But if you're trying to win this game this week, you got to do what you got to do to get it done. And it might be playing those two guys quite a bit. Yeah, you're going to see Iowa. And Okay, so just, just so people don't think we're crazy, you're going to see an Iowa team with a, a representative receiver core. Um uh, Tyrone Tracy, Brandon Smith, Brandon Imer, is it Brandon Imer Smith? What's it, Marset? Smith, Smith Marset. Yeah, thank you. I'm really having trouble with names. Um, <laughs> say it again, Parker. 
Amir Smith-Marset. Yeah, so he's good. Now he's their fifth or sixth guy right now in terms of catches because he missed a game. Yeah, Nico Regani is a good slot guy, serviceable yeah. slot guy. You will see four good receivers plus uh, an excellent, typically excellent Iowa tight end in Sam Laporta. Uh, they, he's a good one. He's their leading receiver. Um, so, yeah, you're going to see it. You're going to see – okay, and you know what else you're going to see? Well, wow, it's going to be really weird. They have two running backs averaging over 5.5 yards a carry. One's, I think, averaging 5.5, and the other one's averaging six. And it's not a crazy offense. They run a bunch of stretch plays, and wow, they average five yards a carry. Isn't that weird? Isn't it odd? You're rolling what? today, Ship. <laughs> I'm sorry. It. You're fired up. Well, it's it gets a little frustrating. So. No, it is. We watch the same thing every single week, right? We watch Nebraska right. struggle with the exact same things every single week, and we watch every team they play not struggle with those things or not struggle with one area in, in an area that Nebraska seems to struggle with every week, whether it's the run game, whether it's receivers, whether it's anything else. So yeah, I get. I'm not. I'm laughing, but you're right, man. Like it's it gets it gets old watching that same thing every single week, over and over and over. What was the quote, Parker, from Alaric Jackson? I can pull it up. Get, me, Baz me, will be interested in this. Give me quote. five seconds. Alaric Jackson, Jackson, the left tackle, the very good left tackle uh, at Iowa, said of Nebraska's defense, they have some new guys for the most part, same scheme, nothing we'd change, honestly. It just depends on us winning up front. There's no secret. We're going to run the ball. It's as simple as that. Yeah. I mean, it's attitude. Sounds like an attitude to me and an identity. Yeah, exactly. They're going to run stretch plays. They're going to run them left and they're going to run them right. And they're going to run them left and they're going to run them right. Uh, (laughs) And then they're going to play action off that. They're going to throw it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. They're going to put Amir Smith, Marset, Brian Johnson Smith, whatever his name is. <laughs> but he's back there to return kickoffs, and he's going to average 27 yards of kickoff return. Oh, he, boy. He, You're he right. Against you, like he did last year. You know? He's a good kickoff return man. You're right, Bass. He's a good kickoff return man. If you're Nebraska, stop it. Figure out a way to stop it. Put your foot down and say enough of this crap, and let's figure it out, and we'll see if they can do that. Yeah, Smith Barset last year had – he had 165 all-purpose yards, I think. Like 195 to the house. Yeah, 95-yard kickoff return, and he had a 45-yard touchdown run early in the game, and they just they, – they did that. They, they ran that stretch play to the right like five or six times in a row, and when Nebraska finally overcommitted to stopping it, they just flipped it back to him going the other way, and he walked in from 45 yards out. So, you know, I mean, you know what it's going to look like. That's the thing. We heard that from from – uh, Eric Chenander this week. We, we heard it from Scott Frost. You heard it from players. Like, you know, we know what it's going to look like from Iowa. Um, it's just a matter of Nebraska being able to, to find a way to, to, to stand up to it on, on both sides yeah. of the ball, really. They can, hey, Nebraska can shut guys like us right up. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I was not infallible, right? I mean, they lost. No, to, they're they, not. they started 0 2. They lost to Purdue. It's not, you're not talking about, you know, Clemson. But they just have an identity that Nebraska hasn't been able to match. Yep. All right. Good job. Should we do some predictions and get out of here. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. You guys go first. You guys go. I'll first. go first. I'm still kind of fired up after doing some old man rant with Sip a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. It's not. No, I'm with man. you. 
No. Uh, no. Okay. Look, it's it's everything we just talked about. Iowa has an identity. Nebraska's struggling. Nebraska's done nothing to prove to me this season that they're ready to play 60 minutes against a team like Iowa. I think Iowa wins this game 31 to 14, and I think they do it pretty easily. Yeah, we always we're always all in the same ballpark. I I think that Nebraska will look different than they did last weekend against Illinois. I don't think I think you'll see guys rally to the ball. I think you'll see what looks like a team that's playing hard. It's like I said earlier, I just don't I don't buy that 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 they're a great matchup for Iowa. So I picked it 31-17. So it's the matchup is a big issue. I do think Iowa will play with a hard edge because it seems like they always do against Nebraska. Um, yeah, I now I think it, it could be a game similar to Illinois. So I guess we're all going to be in the same score range. I could see Iowa getting up and then kind of messing around a little bit with some three and outs, oversimplifying, or maybe doing something stupid like uh, faking a field goal like they did two years ago. <laughs> in 2018 the, when they were up and they just yeah. let Nebraska put, just opened up the door wide and said, here you go. I, yeah, it's a very odd decision, and I do respect fairness. Um, besides that, um, yeah, I don't want to pick the same score. I think I'll say 38. I'll say they, I say Iowa gets to 38, Nebraska gets to 24. So a little higher scoring than you guys say, 38 24. All right. There you go. Is that it? We got anything else? We got anything else to go over? Nebraska would need, I mean, what they need to do is force two or three turnovers, I think, play really, really well on defense and special teams. Because I just don't think Nebraska's offense right now is ready to put up 24 points themselves on that team. Iowa has 10 – Iowa's defense has 10 interceptions through five games so far this season. Okay, they have 10 interceptions. In the last three games, guys, they've sacked the they've, – they've forced nine turnovers and sacked the quarterback 11 times. Those are all problematic areas for Nebraska. Seems like a recipe for success if you're the big red, hearing numbers <laughs> like that the way you've been playing. They got, they're going to have to play really well. To, they'll now have watch. To play really they'll go out and play their tails off, and it'll be a game into the fourth quarter, and it'll come down to a field goal again like it has. Well, I told Parker it'd be thoroughly confusing if, oh, they, win yeah. if yeah. they win the game. I, I don't even – yeah, it'd just be very confusing. Yeah, it, it would be. You're right. The, it'd right be the most inter- that'd be the most interesting outcome, though, right, just from yeah. like a head-scratching yeah. thing would yeah. be like if Nebraska just came out and controlled the game. Oh, Nebraska, God. Nebraska beating Iowa would be way more confusing than Nebraska losing to Illinois. Like way more, I think. Well, kind of Baz, I would say this. It was pretty confusing to see Illinois win easily. Yeah. I thought it was, I think a close Illinois win would not have, it wouldn't have been all that surprising, but the way they handled Nebraska was a little bewildering to me. That's fair. I'm just confused most of the time. So yeah, uh, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, anything else for the good of the cause, fellas? Uh, I don't have. No, not really. I think, uh, no, we, we've, we've said enough, I think. There's all kinds of stuff going on this week. Baz will be back at PBA on Thursday for uh, turkey and basketball. Thanksgiving hoops. Thanksgiving uh, so hoops. 
Yeah. Not a work for you, man. Yeah, you're getting all kinds of stuff this year. Grinding. And uh, Sipple and I will be headed to Iowa City on Friday. We'll have video for you before and after that game. Uh, If you listen to this immediately, um, Sipple and I will be on live here in the next hour or so taking questions. We've got a ton of coverage on all kinds of Nebraska sports at HuskerExtra.com. We appreciate our sponsor, Tom Dinsdale Hyundai of Grand Island. Uh, That's all we've got for this week. Uh, Thank you for listening and watching.